Hi and welcome to episode 5 of the Cisco Security Podcast by TD Synax. My name is Connor Hewitt. I'm the Cisco Security Business Development Manager here at TD Synax, and I'm joined for this episode by Ed and Phil. Hi guys, my name's Ed Dixon. I'm the Security Partner Account Manager at Cisco and I'm working together with TD Synax. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Philip Zill. I'm a security seller of the entire Cisco portfolio. I'm focusing mostly on the small and mid businesses I'm in the UK and the Netherlands. Uh, so yeah, in this episode, we're going to be covering um, SSE and SASE and Cisco's answer to them um, and the products that cover that. Um, so I suppose the, the most important bit to cover first is the terms SSE and SASE. What actually are they? Yeah, so SSE is the security side of things. Um, so if we just start off with that, um, for those who are familiar with Umbrella um, from Cisco, it's basically Umbrella plus a few more things. Um, so SSE has four main components to it. We start off with um, the firewall as a service. So we put part of the firewall capabilities into the cloud. Um, so we just make sure that you can have that firewall capability no matter where you are. So you don't have to be kind of in the office. You can still just connect to the cloud uh, to have that being delivered. Next up, we have the secure web gateway. Um, what this just means is that there's a proxy in the cloud that you connect to. Um, and when you're connecting to that, it just means that a lot of the security no longer needs to be done on your endpoint or on location. It's just bringing that to the cloud again. And there's a lot of um, granularity and kind of application control. We can do that as well. Um, the third aspect of SSC is called the Cloud Access Security Broker. Essentially what that is, is it's looking at the applications you're connecting to over the internet. So any shadow RT potentially, so you know, connecting to ChatGPT, maybe some um, PDF mergers that you can find online. All that stuff would be considered um, as part of that cloud access security broker to make sure that we can make sure that any um, applications you're connecting to just over the internet um, stay secure and safe. Um, and that, that there's also no data loss prevention when connected to those. The final part of SSE on the uh, security side of things is called ZTNA or Zero Trust Network Access. Um, and this is all about if I'm connecting to private applications or public applications, um, I don't want to constantly be checking, oh, do I need to connect to a VPN myself? Can I just go directly? It's all in the back end being done for us to make sure that when I'm connecting to any application out there, be it public or private, um, the back end of my laptop, just make sure that I'm connecting securely and safely. Um, and that is the fourth and final part of SSE. Um, then the difference between SSE and SASE is just that we bring the addition of SD-WAN into it. So the concept of SASE or Secure Access Service Edge is just the addition of SSE plus SD-WAN. So you take the security side of things with SSE, you take the networking side of things with SD-WAN, you merge them together and you have one unified solution that brings them both together to make sure that no matter who you're connecting to, where you're connecting from, you're easily connected and you're securely connected. So that is the story being driven both from Gartner, from Cisco and from all of the competition in terms of SSE, SD-WAN, and SASE. Perfect. Um, so yeah, obviously the, ne the next bit probably would be what challenges uh, the secure access and secure connect address. Obviously the, the two products that Cisco have got that work yeah. in this space, um, what challenges do they, do they address? Um, so all this started back with um, COVID-19, especially with the more and more people working from home. Um, and initially we had Umbrella that would was a decent way of making sure people would still be protected, um, no matter the, where they were connecting from. Um, but things have advanced considerably, both from the, the malware side of things, but also now from the security side of things. 
um, where we want to protect everyone, no matter where they're connecting from, but also where they're connecting to in as seamless of a end user experience as possible. And that last part is very key to SASE. Um, when you have some of the more legacy products and the older products for this, you need to know yourself, oh, am I connecting through a VPN or do I need to sometimes even turn the VPN off? Am I connecting through something else? With SASE, the concept is very much everything is done in the back end. So we like to um, use the metaphor of um, getting water from the tap. If I'm getting water from my tap, I don't care if it's coming through a lead pipe, a steel pipe, a PVC pipe. I just want water in my cup. The idea behind SASE is as an end user, I don't care if I'm using a VPN, if I'm using secure internet access or ZTNA, I just want to connect to my application. I don't want there to be any friction between me getting to myself from my laptop to the applications I want to connect to so that I can get my work done. That is something I want to give to the IT people. I want them to worry about it. But as an end user at my company, I don't want there to be any friction there. And that is one of the main um, business reasons for driving towards SASE. It's really the simplicity for the end user to make sure that they can just focus on the actual work they need to be doing as opposed to, um, I'm, I'm sure you guys have had this before as well, just the constant turning on and off the VPN for different applications um, for different parts of your working day. It can just get frustrating um, and in the way of what you want to be doing. And I think this is actually really relevant because we even did internal studies ourselves around access to VPN. And I think it was around 80% of users, when given the option not to use VPN, do not use the VPN. And unfortunately, people are always going to be the biggest gap in any security network, right? And a solution like this, it protects people from themselves. Um, if people didn't weren't silly enough to click on dodgy links, I don't think any of us would have jobs, right? <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, I suppose from there, obviously, we've covered like what the products do and how they work. Um, I suppose the next bit would probably be how would they be licensed? I think there's a few there's a few kind of different different products and different ways things are licensed um, within Cisco. So whether it's per user, per um, device, per uh, workload. So yeah, how, how would it be licensed? So thankfully the good thing for both Secure Connect and Secure Access is that it's purely done per user. Um, we do see kind of in the industry that, yeah, sometimes it's done per device um, or per workflow um, and other ways of doing it. But our philosophy behind that at Cisco is that we want to, I mean, the whole picture here is user protection. So we license it per user. So that no matter how many devices you have, we want them all to be connected and safe when you're connecting to applications. Um, so both for secure access and secure connect, it is done per user. Um, and we have both the essentials and advantage package for both. Perfect. So just when you touched on there, the um, the essentials and the advantage package, what is the, the difference between the two of them? Um, I mean, that kind of depends on both Secure Access and Secure Connect. Um, fundamentally, uh, for both of them, the essentials package is all about, you know, can we get that base layer of security in there? Um, can we make sure that when you're connecting to something, um, it's going to be safe and secure? When moving to the advantage tiers it tends to be a lot more about visibility as well so you can have more posturing in there um more understanding as to exactly what's going on within the environment so base layer security and then a boatload of visibility can be brought on top of that uh, by moving to the advantage package and of course with more visibility it means you can do a bit more security on top of that as well so there's um, that, that double layer that's added when moving to the advantage tier so we've 
covered a lot of the product. So I suppose the next bit that most people are going to be interested in is use cases. So do you have any example of any examples of the most common use cases where either or both secure connects and secure access would be um, would be used in different scenarios? Yeah. So the three use cases that we have for both of them, kind of the the story behind Stasi, is we have we want to connect to private applications. We want to connect to public applications, and we just want to connect to the internet. Those are the three places we're connecting to, um, and each of those is fundamentally a different use case in terms of how we can um, how we can get there. That's also just quickly go back to the licensing for this one. Um, in one of the packages for Secure Connect, I believe you can start choosing between: Do you want that secure private access, or do you want the secure internet access? Um, and those are the different kind of models upon which we can begin delivering SASE to customers if they're not ready for the entire picture of going to, to full SASE. But secure internet access is basically um, what Umbrella used to be. So when I'm connecting to the internet um, as that use case, I just want to make sure that there's some level of security no matter where I'm coming from. So you know, I'm sitting in a cafe on um, some Wi-Fi that's unprotected. I still want to make sure that whatever application or whatever um, website I'm connecting to, there is going to be some security. That's kind of where SASE was coming from, like the, the history behind SASE. Then the two other use cases of one, secure private access, and two, secure public access. Those are the, the other two use cases. So secure private access is all about, look, we have our own data center. Um, and it used to be that you have to VPN to it to get um, access to your data center. But we don't want that hassle. Just like Ed was just saying, most people don't want to actually connect to a VPN. It's, it's annoying. It takes time. Um, and you never know when you do and don't need it. So that's the other use case of when we're connecting to that private data center, um, we don't want there to be any friction and it's just done automatically in the back end using zero trust network access. Um, and one thing I do want to say about the zero trust network access is that it can sometimes be a bit of a, a misnomer. Um, we're moving a lot more to zero trust application access. So as opposed to, you know, I'm trying to connect to my network um, at the headquarters to connect our applications. I don't just get um, verified and authorized to join the network. I want to be authorized per application so that there's a lot more segmentation in what I'm connecting to. So as opposed to it being a one size fits all, so I connect once, get authorized and have uh, access to all the applications. What we're moving towards now is I connect to one application individually at a time. And every time I connect to a new application, I want there to be a reauthorization to make sure that I am still me. This does not mean that it's going to be, you know, more logging in for the end user. It's all done in the back end, but in terms of segmentation and security, we want to reduce the attack surface. So whenever we're connecting to an application, we're just connecting to that one application and not to the entire network. Um, and that's that uh, part of the um, secure private access. The third and final use case we really work with is the secure instant, uh, the secure public access. Um, and this is all about connecting to AWS, to Azure, to Google Cloud. Um, and fundamentally, it's a mix of the security features that we have with the secure internet access and the secure private access. Um, but again, just what it means, it, it's what we like to say, it's a very boring kind of demo in a way, because the end user doesn't see any of this. It's all about securely connecting in the back end, um, and it's all just done automatically without us doing anything. So that secure public um, cloud infrastructure access works the, exactly the same way um, as the other two for the end user, 
but it's now just a secure way to, to connect to Azure, to connect to, to Google Cloud, to connect to AWS. So those are the three main use cases that we see for SASE. So with these use cases, we actually get double value. So we get the value of obviously being secure, making sure that we're covering our backs for our customers, but there's also an increase in productivity there because the less hoops people have to jump through, the quicker people can get back to work, right? Exactly. Um, Stasi so far has become really popular with a lot of customers just because of how easy it is for the end user. Um, the whole metaphor of the, the getting water from the pipes has really resonated with a lot of customers and they're happy that it actually works the way that we say. Um, you know, there have been times in in marketing in any company where sometimes a bit more is said than is actually possible. Uh, but so far, the feedback we've been getting is that, you know, we're spot on with the marketing um, and that this whole metaphor that we've been using is actually how it ends up being done for the for the end user at the customer's sites as well. So I think it's, it's good news that we're able to actually you know, um, merge the, the marketing and the technology uh, when talking about secure access and secure connect. No, I think it definitely helps. Um, I think SASE and <clears throat> SASE itself is a bit of a term that people probably didn't understand. Everyone seems to have a different definition of what SASE was. So it's definitely good yeah. to see that there's a there's there's some kind of synergy between the two, and it's kind of helping customers get a bit more of an understanding of how it is. And there's there's quite two, quite a few conversations I can recall where a customer's come to me and gone, "I need SASE." And then it's a bit more of a discovery conversation of what do you actually mean, yeah. as opposed to <laughs> here's a solution that we can do for you. Whereas now, obviously, Cisco have literally got a solution that you can hand out. The customer goes and eats ASI and you go, okay, here you go. Here's Secure Connect or Secure Access, depending on what you've already got in your infrastructure. Um, we can help yeah. build from there. Um, just to move on from where you said, where we spoke about use cases there, um, are there any examples around SMB and enterprise use cases? Um, would there potentially be any differences between the two? Um, just because obviously I know SMB customers and enterprise customers may have different um, wants and needs when it comes down to a solution like this. Um, for the most part, actually, I say SASE is one of the solutions that doesn't change as much as I say a lot of other products do between enterprise and small and mid. Um, because it's done per user, it's not per se about having that big scale. Because if you know, we look at XDR, you know, having more scale means you can do a lot more with your security tools. But because this is just done per user, um, and you have, you know, you can secure unlimited applications with just one user license. There's not as much of a kind of um, scale ability that you have with secure access. So the use case is pretty identical to what you would have in enterprise uh, for small and mid businesses. The only difference you might have is that sometimes you wouldn't have that private application data center um, and you'd just be focusing on those other two um, use cases of connecting to public infrastructure and connecting to the internet. Okay, so it makes sense. It is, it, 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 well, it makes it easier that there's, there's not a kind of a two different whole scenarios for two different types of customer. Um, definitely makes their lives easier. You could say we're providing enterprise grade security to SMBs and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely is, <laughs> definitely is. Um, so I think we've covered everything we need to, we need to discuss there around uh, SASE and SSE. So yeah, thank you very much, for Phil, for your time. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, thank you, Ed. Actually, I've got one last uh, comment to make. It's going to be the, on the boring commercial side, guys. But <laughs> this is, I, 
this is going to be very relevant within SMB because they do not have the manpower to manage a lot of these situations themselves. And it's going to be even more relevant within enterprise because they're going to have a huge use case, which will still need support. And on the line of support with both these products, that combines multiple features where if you were to go to our competitors, you would have to get various lines of support if anything goes wrong. This is one SKU, one line of support. I think that's just dropped my memory as well. One other little bit I wanted to mention was addressable market. Mm-hmm. So I think I read a stat the other day that showed the addressable market for SASE and SSE is currently sitting at around $2 billion. And I think the stat I read was that inside the next two years, it's going to be up and around 5 to $6 billion. So there's definitely enough market for everyone to go up. Hybrid work isn't going anywhere, guys. <laughs> it definitely isn't. Definitely isn't. Um, and on that note, um, yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, thanks for your time, Ed and Phil. Um, and if you have any more questions around uh, SSE and SASE, please reach out to myself or the TD Synex sales team. Cheers, guys. Thank you.